Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. In this episode, I'm going to give a little sneak peek to my new workbook that's called The Beginner's Guide to Creating Your Authentic Practice. And if you are listening to this on the date of the posting of this podcast episode, today is launch day. So you can head to my website and get your digital download of this. I also have launched my Authentic Practice Coaching Sessions. So you can find all the information on that on my website. Of course, I'll link that stuff in the description here. Um, But yeah, so in today's episode, I'm going to go over just a couple pages of this workbook that talks about myths that a lot of us can feel in private practice. Now, these myths and this workbook is designed for people who are looking to start their own private practice, who are health and wellness professionals, so that might be therapists, coaches, it can also be nutritionists, um, fitness teachers, different things like that. So there's a lot of different applications that this can work for. Um, But if you are not a health and wellness provider, this episode might still be helpful because I think a lot of us can feel these myths in the workplace. Um, And especially if you are in any type of small business or have thoughts about kind of creating your own thing related to small business, um, these these might apply for you. So feel free to stick around even if you're not a health and wellness professional. And if none of this applies to you at all, if, you know, if um, working in your own practice, your own business or anything is not something that resonates for you, this might not be an episode that you super resonate with. There might be little pieces that do, but feel free to skip this one if it's not your jam. Um, I know my next episode, I don't know exactly what it'll be yet, but it will be um, related to private practice in some way, just because I'm trying to focus um, on this topic this month, which with my new launch. So there's a little more focus on that in the podcast this month, but don't worry, we'll be back to some different stuff coming in February. So stick around till then. Um, I'm sure I'll have some more sprinklings of private practice and small business kinds of things down the road too, but we'll also have just the mental health um, more more broad things coming your way. So yeah, we'll we'll jump in. What I'm going to do is go over a couple pages where I talk about some common myths we experience. So I'll name the myth. I'll name how I challenge it. And in the workbook, I've got some space for anyone who purchases this workbook to, you know, you can print off or you can have your own journal or whatever, but there's some space for you to make these challenges specific for you. So the challenges that I'll talk about, the challenges to these myths, which are essentially kind of like ah, what my authentic self believes to be true and, and what feels really connected to my values and my goals, it might resonate for you and it might not be specific enough for you. So if you are going through these myths and you are looking at starting your own practice or business in any way, 
make these specific, right? Make it as specific as possible. You might go back and edit and make them more specific and um, more connected to your true values because that's going to be what's most helpful when these myths pop up down the road, which they will, right? No matter what amount of work that we do to put in with ourselves, sometimes these critical thoughts or these limiting beliefs pop up. That's just human we can't control our thoughts. It's okay to have these thoughts and these feelings. Um, but I think the more we can make the challenges to the myths really specific to us and meaningful to us, we can go back, we can read those, we can look at those, and we can feel those. And it's going to help us a lot more if they are applicable to us. So, um, yeah, I'll go over some of my challenges, talk a little bit about my perspective with them. And for any of you listening in or any of you doing the workbook, um, make them specific for you. So the first myth that I have here is my practice is a failure unless I hit a certain income goal, right? So I think a lot of times we see this kind of standard number of like, okay, start your private practice and get your six-figure income or whatever. And there's kind of this goal that is named for everybody that might not even be applicable to you. Um, like what does six-figure income really mean, right? Of course, if you're looking at your finances and um, your business expenses and all of those things and you say, yeah, like $100,000 a year would would be what I need um, to run my business and to live my life comfortably and with some fun and enjoyment in it. Wonderful. That number works great for you. And that number might not be the one for you, right? It might be higher. It might be lower. Um, and there are a lot of different goals. So the challenge that I have here is there are many different goals that can be meaningful in my practice. What's most important is to see how I feel about my progress, especially if you are in the first year of your practice or the first five years of your practice or whatever. Um, you're, you might not hit that like end income goal that you have in sight of like, oh, this is how I know that like I've made it. Um, it might take you some time to build up to that and that's okay, right? Like, of course you want to have the goal of like, yes, I want to be able to live comfortably. Um, but that might number might be very different than a hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever someone else is saying is the goal for everyone to have. Um, and there's a lot of different goals that might be important. So Yes, one of the goals that I had in shifting into private practice was to be able to have some more control over my income, um, ideally to be making some more, but, but mainly to be making an amount per session, per offering that felt right for me, um, that wasn't necessarily dictated by insurance or different pieces that I have very little control over. I wanted it to feel related to whatever service I am providing, right? And so that's been super important. And yes, there is a number that I say like, oh yeah, this is like kind of my goal in terms of what helps me to live comfortably. But the goal that I've enjoyed the most this past year is my goal around having flexibility. So there have been times in this past year that I really needed to take a little bit of a step back to kind of lower my client load a little bit 
give myself a little extra space for me and having the flexibility to do that. Um, and yes, have some of the financial grounding that allows me to have that space has been super important, but that has had nothing to do with like a a six figure income, right? Like that is not what my personal goal is. And that, um, that has not been the most important goal for me this year. So there can be a lot of different goals that you are working towards, and it's just important for you to check in with what feels authentic for you and how you feel about your progress over time. So your challenge, this might, might change over time and you might dig into the workbook and identify your specific values and goals and all of these things, which is going to really be helpful. Um, so yeah, now I'll move on to the second goal. So the second myth, I mean, is I have to do it all at once. Right, so sometimes when we are thinking about starting a private practice or any kind of small business, we feel like we have to just jump in and be able to figure it all out and do it all at once and feel successful at how we're doing it. And so my challenge is I can take my business at whatever pace works for me. I think this is really important because this is going to be different for everybody, right? For some people, it's going to be the best choice to say, no, like I need more space for my business. And so quitting my other job and jumping in is going to be what works for me, right? Those might be the people that like really get fueled and and love to just like jump right in and get into the work. And they might have that financial buffer that allows them the space to do that without having to worry too much about, you know, it being financially successful right away. Wonderful. Jump in, go for it and know that there's still going to be a learning curve. (laughs) You're going to be figuring things out along the way. Um, but it's okay to jump in and, and try to start doing it all at once. Um, and it's okay to take a different pace. So for me, I had over a year that I was working super part-time in my private practice. So I was, you know, previously my, my full-time that I have in quotations, because I, in my last episode, I talked about how as a therapist, I've never like worked the 40-hour nine-to-five full-time, because that just doesn't work for me. But I worked full-time at my other practice. Um, and then what I did when I was ready to start my practice is I cut down one day. So I, I think I was, um, three days at the group practice and then I had one day at my private practice. And this was really helpful for me because I was learning a lot of this stuff really slowly. I was kind of doing it on my own from, from the beginning. I was, yes, a part of some groups and communities that, um, was super helpful and oh my gosh it would have been at a much slower pace if I didn't have those but initially I was doing right a lot of like research and figuring these things out it took a long time to even be ready for my one day a week um and I personally was grateful to have just the one day a week while I also had my other job that I could have a little bit more reliable income coming from because I wasn't in the financial situation where I could quit my job and just start my new practice and jump in fully without knowing exactly how the finances were going to come out with that. Um, I needed my other job to have some income. I had the flexibility where I could cut down a little bit, right? So I could have a little room to start my practice. And I think that's important to make sure you've got a little buffer that you can feel safe with. But it was really nice for me to not feel this pressure to get clients in and, 
you know, build up my day all the way full and, and, you know, have to do that for a whole week. Because then I got to be really selective at creating a practice that was super authentic for me, right? So I wanted to really work with the type of clients that I really wanted to work with, um, which meant being a little bit more specific. And yes, there's a learning curve because I also shifted into private pay, so not with insurance. So there was a whole new marketing ball game and everything. Um, and then over time, I took some different courses and, and different pieces to help me learn some of the things that I needed to do. And of course, lots of Googling, lots of researching. Um, but you don't have to do it all at once. I certainly did not. It took over a year until I was ready to take my practice full time. And even that had some learning curves this past year. So it's okay to take it at whatever pace works for you. And I think this is just a message that we can all apply to life, right? We don't have to figure it all out at once. The next myth that I have is it's greedy or unethical of me to want to make more money from my work. So I think this is a myth that is common for a lot of us in in any kind of health field, but I think is one that is especially common in the mental health field because there's... Um, Right, we, we see this narrative that it's like, oh, you're, you shouldn't be in this for the money, right? If, if you're becoming a therapist, you should do this because you want to help. Um, and, you know, I, I could probably do an entire podcast episode about how um, sexism and a lot of other things play into that because therapy is um, a female-dominated field, right? Of course, there it's not only run by females, um, but it, it ties into that. I, I won't go into that tangent because this would be a very long episode, but there are a lot of reasons why I get angry about this statement of like, you shouldn't be in this for the money. Like, you're just this caring, compassionate person. You should be in it because you just want to help people. And to the point of like, yes, I believe if you are in the mental health field, it is important to have values that help you want to support others, right? Like, I think if your only goal is to be in it for the money, you're probably missing some of the points, right? I think it's important to have values around like honoring like people's emotions and experiences and all of the beautiful pieces. Um I think it's important that whatever job we choose, you know, al aligns with some some part of our value or goal system, right? So if your main job is supporting others, you probably want to have some values that help you do that. Um, and it's okay and it's healthy to want to make a comfortable, sustainable income from that, right? So my challenge here is I don't have to sacrifice my comfort in life to make up for the shortcomings of our society. I can honor my values while also working towards my income goals, right? So there's, yes, we can see that like our mental health care system and our healthcare system in general, like is a system that doesn't work great for a lot of people. Um, and as therapists, and I know I really struggled with this myself starting off, there can be this guilt about wanting to charge a higher rate or not being in network with all the insurance companies or maybe choosing to not be in network with any insurance company 
um, that can f- that can bring up some guilt that that really comes from these societal narratives of like you should be you know you shouldn't be selfish right you should be sacrificing your comfort to to help others um, and I just don't believe that I don't believe that we should have to sacrifice any part of the comfort that we have in life to make up for things that are broken in our society. Yes, I do think it's important if you are a therapist to honor your values and your work. Totally, right? I think that is wonderful. Um, And you can also hold those values while you hold the value of yourself, right? And and the life that you want to live for yourself. So keep that in mind as you are thinking about pricing and all of that jazz. So the next myth I have is I must be lazy if I don't want to work a 40-hour week. My last podcast episode was all about this, so you know my perspective on this. I do not like the 40-hour week. I do not like the standard 9 to 5. Um... Not in that I think it's bad for everyone. If that's your jam, awesome, great, like how wonderful. And if it's not your jam, there's nothing wrong with you, right? So my challenge for this is defining full-time work as a 40-hour work week is an outdated practice that does not work for most people. Creating my own practice is a great way for me to honor what a healthy work week means to me so that I have space for my life outside of work. And one of the main goals for me in starting my practice was I want to have space for me to to live my life, to do my healing, to do my growing, to, you know, feel grounded. Um, First and foremost, because I think all of us humans deserve that, right? I think we all deserve space for ourselves in life. And that helps me be a much better therapist, right? I look at the work that I've done with my clients over this past year where I've had the flexibility to do what I need to be human and like, oh gosh, I feel so much more connected and proud of the work that I'm doing because I have the space to do the work that I want to do, right? I can be present enough. I can do things outside of session enough to support my clients, Um, all of these other things, I think really helps me to be a better therapist. And so for whatever you are doing or looking at, if you're like, the 40 hour work week just doesn't work for me. I don't feel like I can fully show up and be present all of those hours in the week for my job. Um, I think that's a really human feeling to have. And so I encourage you to lean into that, figure out what your, in quotations, full-time is. And like, I think it's kind of funny that I even have to like sometimes say in quotations full-time because we all, I think as a society, especially in America where where full-time is associated with like, okay, if you work 40-hour weeks, then you get benefits. So you got to be full-time, right? Um, And I think we need to redefine what full-time is. I know that I have, um, but I I sometimes still say in quotations full-time to make sure that um, people aren't thinking I mean a 40-hour full-time. Your full-time can be whatever it is for you. Um, yeah, so that's that's that myth. We've got just a couple more. So the second to last myth is my practice is a failure if it doesn't come together quickly. 
So I kind of talked about this in, you know, one of the first myths where like we can take it at whatever pace we want. And my challenge for this is it is normal for it to take time to build my practice. It takes time to learn new things. And I can give myself patience as I grow with my business. Oh, like we grow with our business. So one of the like things that I would tell myself over and over again as I started off was like the joys in the journey, like be present in the journey. This process is where you grow. Your business is growing and you are growing. And this was, um, I think, something that I I was a part of um, a small group that was led by a local therapist in private practice. And she, you know, supported us each month in some of the questions we had about business and all of that. And I think that was super helpful. Um, And this is one of the things that, you know, she had stated and that really stuck with me is like okay there is there is learning and growth in the process you can't just show up and have it all figured out even if and and for me like I had months and months before I launched my one day a week um that I was researching and putting things together and figuring things out and I still didn't totally know everything that I was doing because some of it is a learn as you go kind of thing it just it has to be and you are going to grow in that process Right. I feel since I started my practice, yes, of course, I've grown professionally so much. I feel, you know, so much more connected to my, you know, work values and goals and all of that stuff. And I think I've personally grown a lot. And and I think that's something I'm really grateful for. I know it's something I'm really grateful for. So it doesn't have to come together quickly. You get to grow with your business. It takes time. So the final myth I'm going to go over is the myth that I should be able to do this all on my own. So it's probably no surprise to you as I'm putting out a workbook to support you as you're starting your private practice and offering coaching sessions. And in this, I've, you know, stated that I've done a lot of different um, groups and I did, you know, I attended an e-course on building your private practice and I took an e-course on marketing stuff and so I've gotten so much support so it's probably no surprise that I don't believe that you should have to do this on your own. Um, Most of us did not also get like an MBA while we also got our master's in counseling or whatever degree that you had to get for your job or whatever learning that you got for your job. Um, Most of us are pretty brand new to the business side of things. And there's just, I mean, you could go to a full like master's program to learn all of these things. And it might not actually fully be applicable to exactly what you want to do. Um, so there would still be more learning and growing to do, but it takes time. So my challenge here is there's a lot that goes into running a business. And it takes a lot to put these things into practice. It's okay and it's skillful to seek support as I'm learning and implementing these new lessons, right? There is a lot of learning that you have to do if you are just starting your practice. Um, And I think it's one thing to like actually have learned something and it's another to be able to confidently put it into practice, right? So for example, it, it took a lot of unlearning and relearning for me to identify that like yes I can charge my worth for for what I believe a session with me is worth 
And then it took a lot and a lot of practice implementing it before I felt really confident in it. Um, and, and I could state this with so many other things that I have done and worked on too. And so it's one thing to like factually learn something. It's another to feel confident implementing it. And it takes time and it takes practice and you don't have to do it on your own. I think it has been extremely helpful for me to have a support system, um, an emotional support system, people that understood what I was doing that I could talk and process with, um, as well as kind of a foundational support system with skills and reminders and all of these things. And I encourage you to have that. And in the workbook, I also talk about building your community and who you want on your business team and all of these other pieces. And um, I think it's really important to make sure that you're not doing this all on your own. I think when I see the people that start a practice and end up kind of fizzling out and then not sticking with their practice, um, there can be really valid reasons to do that. That can be totally honorable and valuable. But I think a lot of the times there are people that really would like to have stuck with their private practice, but they just didn't have the community to feel supported and to feel like they could get through the hard moments of it. Um, there are so many beautiful and wonderful things to having your own practice. I certainly love it and I'm so glad that I made this shift and change for my life. And there are a lot of really hard moments. Um, there are a lot of moments where we get imposter syndrome or scarcity mindset or where we don't know what to do. And having people to support you through that is huge. I don't think I would still be in my practice if I didn't have um, some kind of support system. And I'm a pretty independent, like, person. I, um, not necessarily, like, I'm dependent. I can do it all on my own, but more of a, like, I like my own space, <laughs> and I'm pretty introverted and, and like that, and, and I still have really, really, really benefited from having a solid support system, um, which, we'll talk about a little bit more in the workbook. So if these myths felt relevant to you or helpful to you, um, and if you are early in starting a private practice, or if you just kind of have the early gears kind of turning, thinking about starting your own practice of some, some form or another, um, again, my workbook is out today. So a little like advertisement here at the end this podcast is sponsored by me and my new offering that I'm gonna just chat for a moment on um you can find all the information on my website on my Instagram I've shared a lot of posts related to it but it's 50 pages I you know we just went over a couple of those pages today in this episode and if these felt helpful, like the the upcoming worksheets that come with this will walk you through these different pieces. So like setting your finances, um, creating your business team, creating your support system, a lot of different things that will help you really, really challenge these myths and really work on like, okay, now how do I do that, right? How do I connect action to these challenges? Um, and also if you've got questions of like, my gosh, do I need to file an LLC and how do I do that? And do I have to get a tax ID number and how do I do that? And what costs money and what's supposed to be free? Um, because, you know, I, I think going through this workbook and identifying kind of where to find these certain things is probably going to save you a ton of money um, or at least a ton of time researching. Because I know I spent so much time researching and 
your first Google search for something of like, okay, get this tax ID number. Um, probably the first like searches that will pop up are just kind of like companies that want to take your money and charge you for it. So um, I think it's helpful to just know like, okay, how do I do this? Like, what is the way that I can do this for the lowest amount of money and and also some ease, right? So there are also ways that it, I think is helpful to spend money so that we, you know, give ourselves space to not be doing all of the admin things on our own. And so I kind of walk you through how you can decide uh, what things you might want to spend extra money on and what things you might want to just kind of do an easy way that is also, you know, low cost or free. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's my little spiel. I think the workbook will save you money over time if you are brand new to this. And even if you are just early in your private practice, maybe you're in your first year and you're just still finding your grounding, this might be helpful. Um, and, or the coaching sessions that I have, if, if this episode kind of resonated with you and it would be helpful to kind of talk through some of these things or some different myths one-on-one or just some kind of logistical steps or different pieces. You can also find information for how you and I can meet one-on-one and talk through these things too. So all of that will be listed in the notes and on my website. Welcome to find it there. Shoot me an email if you have questions on it. Um, Yeah, and that's all I have for you today. Again, the next episode, I'm guessing, will probably be private practice related. Um, But after that, we'll, we'll jump back into some other just mental health general topics and things like that too. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I look forward to talking with you on here soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.